0: You're listening to the Berkshire Football Stories Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Berkshire Football Stories Chat Podcast with me, your host Rob Davis, and Tom Canning. Hello. Hello, Tom. Uh, we'll be chatting about all the on- goings-on in Berkshire football this week. Uh, but first, Tom, how has your week been in general?
1: Um, Yeah, been all right. Um, Busy. Built a bar. So, you know, there we go. The Not wasting my time off.
0: Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, making sure you get those important jobs done. Very good indeed. All right, well, we are going to get straight into the uh, uh, Berkshire football chat and we were better to start than the FA Cup. It was FA Cup uh, preliminary round weekend uh, on uh, over the weekend just gone and uh, we had a few Berkshire sides in action um, and we're going to start at... On Friday night at Lowther Road, where Wokingham took on Wokingham and Embrook, sorry, took on Binfield. Uh, final score: uh, Binfield ran out two-nil winners in the end. Uh, but quite a, an occasion at Lowther Road, Tom.
1: Yeah, it was a it was a top attendance this one. Um, I believe it was the um, I believe it was the record the record crowd for Lowther Road. Um, so for, for Wokenham and Embrook which is which is really great since you know it's they, they've done they've done some really amazing work there to to develop what is mostly shared with a with a cricket pitch and a cricket club and um, they've turned that ground into a, a very worthy step five ground um it looks like there's a new covered area there as well um I think last was it last summer or summer before they had a seated area put in so it's all you know it's all going going swimmingly there um I, I presume they've still got the, uh, the the snake sign up that that's uh very hopeful of that, but otherwise it's um otherwise it looks great. And it was great to see a big crowd in for that one. You would hope that um I, I feel like you can it's a barometer of how uh how local football is going, whether people think it's important if when you get to two local sides playing each other in a, in a game like that, you do get a good crowd and, and we certainly did. Um and, and Binfield, I think Binfield needed that win. Um the the 2-nil uh and so they go on to obviously into the, the first qualifying round.
0: Yeah, first thing we should say is it a record crowd at Leather Road, 604 people in attendance. So yeah, bumper night there, and uh, great to see so many people turning out. Uh, it was good to have it on a Friday night there, obviously with so many games on the Saturday, competing for uh, local football fans' attention uh, to get the game on the Friday night there, and uh, between two, you know, well-supported and well-followed local sides. Uh, it was it was great to see such a great crowd there. Uh, 604, highest ever crowd at
1: the Road, which is uh, great to see. Did you go? Am I right in thinking? No, it was Maskell went, didn't Ooh.
0: he? Yes, I did go, yeah. Oh, you did go, right. I went, yes. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. So, how, yeah. How was Yeah, me, Maskell. Yeah, decent atmosphere. We appear to have a delay, which is odd. Awesome. Yeah, massive and delay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, while you're still in that Rob I- I'll just welcome Josh Brown who's joined us from uh, the Maidenhead Advertiser to chat all things um, Windsor and Maidenhead Hey, Josh
2: hi Tom how you doing
1: very well very well yeah, um, sorry Rob and I are just suffering technical problems that's all um, right no worries all good we're going to come so, on to the uh, to, to the other attendances shortly Rob off you go sorry
0: sorry uh, hopefully we're a little bit better sync up, uh, synced up now. and uh, Welcome, Josh. Uh, thank you for joining us um, on the Berkshire Football Stories chat podcast. Thank you um, for having me. How, how are you doing, Rob? Are you OK? Yeah, I'm very good. Thank you very yes. much. Yeah, very good indeed. Uh, we've just been talking about the... Uh, we started on the FA Cup weekend. Um, a bumper crowd at, um, at wokingman Embrook. Great to see for local football. Um but as we've got you here for um, uh, perhaps a, a limited amount of time, perhaps not all the pod, we we'll probably pivot now and start talking about another bumper crowd uh, where you were at Stag Meadow on Saturday where you saw Windsor and Eton versus Burfield and a bumper crowd there of 1,022. Uh, yeah, Talk us through that one.
2: Yeah, you, you could tell are already walking through the gates that they had to smash that target they wanted to achieve. It was you know, you could hear the, the sort of chatter, the sort of laughing and, and yeah, walking in it was it was a good atmosphere, you know, and I think Mark Cooper can sort of you know, hold his head high that you know they did really well that day. It was, it wasn't a, a great game, if I'll be honest. It was a bit of a you know, but, but that wasn't what it was about, I suppose. It was it was getting all the sort of fans, new and old. You know, I walked in, chatted to Mark straight away, and he said, There's people here that have come down from Liverpool, come down from Yorkshire, and, and you know, to see or to hear that rather was, was quite inspiring. So, um, yeah, it was, it was good. It was, it was good. That it was a nice day as well. It made, um, you know, lots of people taking advantage of that. I think Winter and Eton Brewery had a. Little still there with a few ales on, um, and yeah, loads of people in obviously the clubhouse and things like that. So yeah, it was it was a really good day,
0: very good indeed. Yeah, um, so like you say, Windsor and Eton store there. Uh, the game not the best in um, it, as it finished nil nil between Windsor and Eton and Burfield, uh, but yeah, a few eyebrows were perhaps raised when they announced this one thousand uh, uh, people target for their first home game, but achieved. So yeah. Uh, Pretty good for the club, and pretty, um, pretty good indication of what can be achieved if you put something your mind to it in local football. It's yeah, uh, yeah, pretty impressive, I, really.
2: I said, I said to Mark at the end, I said, I bet you regret not charging anybody for this. Sort of
3: <laughs> but, um,
2: yeah, obviously joking, but but yeah, incredible, and you know, to have those sort of numbers, I think Edge United at something, like a thousand, and something like York Road. So to have that, at, you know, a, a few steps below national league level is incredible, and you could tell that there was many more than probably a thousand and twenty-two. you know, they'd counted that, um, people coming during the game, of course there were people leaving, but it was just so, so well attended. And, and, you know, like I said, a variety of people, not just your typical football fans, but families and, and children. And yeah, it was, it was really good.
1: Um, I spoke to, I spoke to Mark yesterday and I'll insert that interview, um, shortly but Mark sort of did say one of the things that caught people out was that it was two o'clock kickoff not three o'clock um, yeah. and I think he I think he suggested that it was probably closer to 1100 uh, in the end um once you've taken all that into account um, and yeah we're just it really really delighted to have that many people in uh, you know I, I did ask him whether you know what was next and he said well you know it's kind of obviously the, the next home game we're, we're not going to get that but we want to try and build on this and see where we end up which which seems fair so
2: yeah for sure i mean yeah it's funny you say about the 2 p.m kick well i knew but had i didn't uh, if i didn't I, i'm sort of so local to the grounds anyway i'd have been able to stroll over and obviously I didn't miss <laughs> any anyway but no it was yeah yeah to, to i mean it suits a lot of people right and that's probably why it got a good attendance as well you mm. know the game gets wrapped up and there's still a few hours of daylight like left so um yeah you're seeing local entertainment probably people you haven't seen in a while as well and and then getting about and, and doing some stuff for your evening. So yeah, it, um, yeah, it was really good. And, and like you said, the challenge is try and I, I imagine four figures like that's going to be quite hard to achieve again this season for Windsor. But um, yes, but but you never know. You never know. There, there could be there could be a situation where they're in. Uh, you know, they could be pushing for for a good position come the end of the season. They need all the fans behind them, and then never you know a few a few more could turn up.
0: So yeah, absolutely. Tom, we have
1: um, oh, sorry, Rob.
0: I was just going to say, you did check with the league <clears throat> and confirm that it was a um, record-breaking attendance for uh, the Thames Valley Premier League, correct?
1: Yes, very, very much so. Um, I did. I spoke to Mark Rosier yesterday as well, um, and yes, he he said it, it was one of those ones where, like, he said he's pretty confident it is, <laughs> but you know, in in all his years, he's never he's not been aware of a larger attendance, even at the, you know their Medeski Cup finals and stuff like that. So, um, but it's it sort of. There's no paperwork. There's nothing. No sort of record exists unless anybody comes to us after hearing this or reading anything we've put out, um, or yourselves, Josh. You know uh, that can sell. Can say otherwise. I think it's fair that we can all assume that that, that is a record for, for for games that that often get sort. You know, they're, they're usually on park pitches. They're usually on recreation grounds. Um, sometimes in those caged astro turf pitches as well. Um, you know, for for a game like that, to, that might normally get between maybe fifty ish. Um, I have seen games at that level with 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 good attendances, but nothing like this um, is it, just absolutely phenomenal. So you know, long may that continue. I do fear for the villages that Windsor are going to be visiting, though. <laughs> um, I, fe- I feel there might be the the local parish council traffic wardens might um, just need to have a day off because mm-hmm. I can see, I can see, I can foresee chaos.
2: Well, yeah. I, I spoke to um, Matt Angel at full time, and he sort of said that every team that's going to come to Stag Meadow this season, it's going to be their final because of the playing surface they've got, because the sprinklers, you know, the, the facilities Stag Meadow has. You know, it's probably not that I'm that familiar with the Thames Valley Premier League, but probably one of the best, right? And yeah, you, you've yeah, got to assume that still, they're going to want to yeah. sort of capitalize on that this season and, and try and pick up as many positive results as they can.
1: Let's just say that, um, come the ground grading for promotion at the end of the season, they will not have any trouble. Whatsoever. Oh, okay, good. We have, I'm um, sure
0: everyone will be pleased to hear that. Yeah, <laughs> well, Virginia Water are still playing at step five yes. in, in that ground, so yes, yeah, um, going up to step six should be uh, acceptable, <laughs> achievable, shall we say. Um, yeah, and before we move off, Windsor, what do you think? Uh, they can hope for this season. I mean, they've started life in the Thames Valley Premier League with two draws on the bounce. Perhaps, you know, surprising to some people, considering sort of, even though it's a a new club, it's certainly a very high-profile club in the area. And um, some people were thinking they were going to um, swashbuckle their way to the league title, but uh, not had it all their own way to begin with.
2: Yeah, that's that's probably a fair way to put it. I I think I I was expecting, you know... uh not a comfortable win, but certainly, certainly a win at the weekend by them, you know, buoyed by the crowd, buoyed by the sort of, mm. you know, the, the sort of pitch they've got. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I very much doubt they'll get relegated or anything like that or, or find themselves dropping further down the football pyramid. But um, but yeah, may, maybe it's going to take Mange, or maybe a little bit longer than they thought to sort of get the side picking up positive, well, wins and things like that. But then again, you know, that they, they play tomorrow night, right? So yeah. if they can get a win then, then, they you know, there are a lot of young players. They'll have their tails up. They'll be feeling confident, and that that sort of can spark or get the ball rolling,
1: as they say. And hopefully, more results will come. There's some there's some very very good teams in that division. Burfield mm-hmm. being one of them. Finch Hampstead, obviously. Reading YMCA. They're yeah, I suppose, main, main I suppose that's
2: why I should look at it and and think that while it was a nil near result of the weekend, that's that's probably not a bad result, yeah. really, is it?
1: My- some Amongst some of the games I've seen at that level, it's a very good, despite it being step seven, it's a very good technical footballing mm. level. And it's, you know, they're not, as, as as Rob said at the start, they're not going to have it all their own way. No, no. Exactly.
2: So, yeah, exactly that. And they've, they've got a lot of young players that want to sort of um, impress and, and uh, yeah, certainly Windsor players have got, the Windsor
0: team have got some good players, so. Yeah. So yeah, Windsor and Eton actually playing tonight uh, against Slough, heating Laurentians. So, uh, you know, perhaps the best-named team in the league. Yes. <laughs> uh, who who have started their season with a win and a draw and currently sits second in the division. So, uh, yeah, a good another good test for Windsor and Eton uh, this evening. Uh, it's it's, uh, this evening.
1: Really, it's yeah. very good to see that the Slough-Windsor um, rivalry can still exist, even at Step 7. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Very good. Well, Tom, I think you'll probably um, drop in the interview with Mark Cooper uh, about here. Uh, Yes. So for for listeners of of the podcast now, uh, you'll be listening to an interview with Mark Cooper, which uh, was taken when, Tom?
1: Yesterday, uh, Tuesday. Tuesday Tuesday
0: morning. morning. So, yeah, that's what you'll be listening to.
1: Hi Mark, how are you? Thanks for thanks for popping on.
3: Yeah, well, thanks thanks uh, for having me on, Tom.
1: It's um it's been, it's been quite a weekend for, for Windsor and Eaton and yourself.
3: It's been a, a yeah a very a very busy <laughs> uh, weekend or couple of weeks really for us just to uh, you know whilst we um, get in the place ready for what we hoped would be um, a well attended event and game on on Saturday
1: and uh, well attended it was the picture I saw was a thousand and twenty two did it go higher than that
3: it did it did go higher <laughs> uh, we had um, Matt Stevens dad does the programs he was on on the gate and he's he's he's, he's um absolutely down the line with the these things and he um, messaged me to say that we we'd, we'd uh, reach a thousand and we got quite a few more people down who just thought the kickoff was expected the kickoff to be three o'clock. Yeah.
1: Uh, ah, so, yes.
3: So in the end, we probably had, I don't know, we probably had 1100, 1150, whatever the number was, but just to get over the thousand mark was um, just, just, um, you yeah, know, wonderful for the day the sun was shining. And, um, we had lots of things going on at the club. And, and I think one of the most pleasing things was that, Lots of it was lots of local people just sort of streaming out of their houses to come up and and, um, and watch the game and, and be part of it.
1: I, th- I think if you live down St. Leonard's Road at that point, I think it's more a case of if you can't beat them, join them, isn't it?
3: Yeah, I think so. And I, th- I think, you know, I think I should mention Michael gag actually here because it was his idea for the to target the thousands. And I think if you don't target these things, it doesn't happen. Yes. So he's... Um, It was his initiative, and I think it obviously worked worked fantastically well to reach that number, which was probably more than we had hoped of, but but, um, the day was, yeah, very, very good.
1: I, I think, as you say quite rightly there, if you don't target that, you don't hit it. And and by hitting that, by saying that, you've got you've got people out and about helping, sorting out things, getting getting stuff, getting stuff done and getting organized. You had um I I'm trying I was just trying to quickly find the names, but you had two volunteers delivering, I think, five thousand leaflets around Windsor. That stuff doesn't happen if you go, Well, yeah, we'll see if we can get a couple of hundred. That doesn't happen, does it?
3: Exactly. Grace and Peter Stevens did a great job on that. Yeah. And um once we put our name to getting a thousand, you know, I think it you can probably get away with getting 800 or 800 plus. You just <laughs> you can't get 120. So yeah, it, yeah. it's important to us to do everything we could
1: to, to do that. And it galvanises you a little bit, doesn't it? I think. And I, I what I can tell you is I spoke to Thames Valley Premier League President Mark Rossi this morning, and he did confirm that to the best of his knowledge, because this stuff isn't written down, that is by far and away the largest attendance ever in the Thames Valley Premier League. Um that he he's as i say he he said we most of the time these games are played on park pitches so there's no real way of measuring crowds but i mean some of the some of the villages around that host these games there's no way there's a thousand people getting to some yeah. of those games and i did once go to a burford mortimer game that had 300 people at and that was that you know that was that was a squeeze so congratulations on that record um it, it's obviously you kind of do you feel like you've done your bit off the pitch now it's now up to the team to to do the business on the pitch
3: no, not at all. It's important for us to get some of those people that came on Saturday back to the ground, and I think if a percentage of people um, have enjoyed it sufficiently, they'll, they'll keep coming back. In addition to the probably 100, 150 that we get anyway, so we need to keep pushing that. I think it. You know, we need to do as much off the pitch to help Matt and the guys on the pitch. And you know, they started started well in regards to the football Saturday. I thought we played. Played really really well. I think we were much improved from the previous week's draw away at Reading City, and they just couldn't get the goal that we were all hoping for. It, you yeah. know, they they hit the post I think three times, one disallowed, and uh, would have been the perfect day had we got that. But it was it wasn't all about the Football Saturday. It wasn't. It was more than that.
1: I, I noticed there were there were local businesses getting involved. I'd spotted because this is my thing anyway. I I spotted the Windsor and Eton Brewery tent in the background. You know, you, you seem to have a lot of people, um, not just watching but actually doing business on the day as well.
3: Yeah, I, I just think it's you know, this, this club is about you know, all, lots of good people, the community. We've had this is only made possible as you know these things are, so. So um, there's so much to it that you need the help of a lot, an awful lot of people and an awful lot of people put in an awful lot of work. <laughs> um, we've been down at the ground for three or four Sundays in a row, getting the place looking much, much better and um, in, in, in making it the facility we want it to look like. And, and it's going to take a lot more work for that, that to happen. But the people, you know, so many good people have been involved with it. Um, that that uh, we'll continue to work hard to get to get where we, you know to, to go where
1: we want to go. With it. So um, just to just to round off sort of the, the the crowd. Well, not to round off the crowd Chuck, because I do have one more question after after this one. But um, your next home game is Saturday against Slough Heating Laurentians, one of my favourite named football clubs in, in Berkshire. And what what do you want to see for that one? How do you how do you follow this up? Because I mean I mean. Maybe I'm wrong, but but to my mind, you're probably not going to get a thousand again for 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 that one because it's not the you haven't got that for the first game to pin it on. Or, or are you thinking differently?
3: No, I, I agree with what you say. I think our uh we've actually got a home game. Our next one against uh, Slough is tomorrow night. When when
1: oh sorry oh sorry um, right
3: yes right uh, so that's seven forty five kickoff oh, tomorrow night Wednesday and then we follow up from that is um next time game the second of september so but I, I agree with what you say you know we, we pushed this this um uh, we pushed today as much as we could to as many different parts um as we could by loads of different um loads of different ways you know like you said the, 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 delivering five thousand five thousand lessons we can't do that every week it's impossible yeah um and some of the other stuff that we've done um as well but we like i said before if we can get a percentage of people that came for the first time back, 10 20 percent of those people, plus the one hundred and fifty that we get. I mean, realistically, if we get three hundred a night, that would be that would be success. Um, and then we'll try. Um, now we've got a bit of a window to, to the second of September after that to, to again drive numbers. Um, you know, it's free entry this year. We we want to get as many people as we can get through the gauges so that they'll become Windsor supporters uh, and yeah. and they'll be coming back. And, and really, the purpose of it is just to create a great place where people can spend a couple of hours seeing old faces, friends, uh, hopefully being entertained on the pitch, and, and having a good time.
1: It certainly seems that way. I know you'll have to you'll have to forgive me. My knowledge of, of Windsor and Eaton from from your sort of period playing isn't all that. But would that be would that be the kind of crowd that you were used to playing in front of? Or does that surpass what you played in front of at Stag Meadow? Yeah.
3: I think we would get ordinarily about 300, you know, 250, 300 was probably the number. I think that when, I think when Windsor and Eaton won the title to go up to step three, there might've been a thousand, just under a thousand that day. But certainly no, it would, the average crowd was probably closest to 250 probably. But yeah, going back to the old, the old, um, Windsor & Eaton team, there were so many old faces from ex-players there on Saturday, you know, from, from, from different eras of, of players and they, they, they had an absolute ball and it, it was great to see them.
1: Mark, thank you ever so much for your time. Um, we will no doubt be in touch again um, as the season goes on. So thanks very much and good luck for uh, Wednesday night.
3: Good man. Thanks, Tom. Cheers.
0: okay that was the interview with mark cooper and uh from one team with high ambitions who perhaps haven't started the uh season quite as well as they'd like we're going to move on to another team who have started the season very well Maidenhead united currently oh. <laughs> he's it's <gone>. okay. <laughs> Gosh, God. i was uh, lead i was uh, building up to uh, try and get him in to talk about maiden Edge united who have started the season very well indeed um but if he's uh, if he's going to depart, perhaps we go back to the FA Cup, Tom, because we abruptly ended our conversation there. So uh, yes. we we've, we've spoken about um, Woking and Embrook um, getting uh, uh, being beaten at home by uh, Binfield two nil, um, but there were some other sides that had a little bit more success over the course of the weekend. Ascots are uh, through uh, beating Mangotsfield United five one on Saturday. Uh, And also, uh, Reading City are through. Uh, It took them a replay to get through uh, past Easington Sports, but on Monday night, they managed to put them away uh, 4-0 in the end, and uh, they're through to the first qualifying round of the FA Cup for the first time ever. What an achievement for Reading City there.
1: Yeah, very much so. I think it was 2018 they first entered. Um, I couldn't quite believe they'd never made it the first qualifying round. But yeah. when you when you look at it, at this at that level, it's very much of a muchness. You never know who you're going to play. You never know who you're coming up against. As Tadley Gleave found on the on the weekend. Yeah. Um, so, so actually, maybe, maybe it's not unusual for clubs at step five to not make it past the preliminary round. But you know, really good for them. Really pleased to see that. Um, you know, they Reading City are going to be good again this season. I think that's um, that's something that that we need in the Combined Counties League, um, and I think that's I think that's really important. So yeah, they that that four nil from a from a two two to a four nil, and it was it was Eddie Lee and Tyler de Cruz who got. Got the doubles. Um, I think Tyler. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't recall Tyler Cruz being as big as as tall as Peter Crouch. I'm not sure where they've got this <laughs> this um, this this matchup from. Um, I, I don't I don't recall Tyler De Cruz being quite so gangly. But um, you know, great, fine. Um, yeah. Uh, so you know it's, it's fantastic for them to to get through. They they've, they've they've worked hard. They've built a strong squad. They've got some very very good players in there. And I, I did note through the through the tweets the uh, the old Binfield link up with Valentin and uh, and Eddie Lee um, for for one of the goals there as well, which was which was great. So they you know they've got some they've got some good players. They will do well again this season. I think the I think the combined counties league is is uh, well we've had what one or two games, but but I think already we're starting to just see where the where the challenges will, will lie. So, um, obviously, City through in the FA Cup, that's that's great. They are playing um, Shaftesbury next, which home I think time. is going to be a difficult. I think that's going to be tough.
0: Yeah. So, um, I mean, every every team at this time now um, is going to be quite tough. But Reading City have been drawn at home to a Step Five side. So, yes. as far, I mean, their Reading City being Step Five themselves, I suppose that's the best you could hope for, really. But uh, yes. you know a little bit about Shaftesbury, do you, Tom?
1: A tiny bit, yes. My so my brother in law, uh, who is coming out with us on Saturday, Rob, uh, is the I think is the director of football at director of women's football at Shaftesbury, uh, at Shaftesbury Ladies, and um, they have none other than Brett Pittman up front for the men's team. Um, I think they've. I think they've splashed the cash. I might be doing them a disservice there, but I I don't think you get a guy who who was playing um, not not long not much longer than a year ago in the in League One for Bristol Rovers. I don't think you get him for for pocket money. So I think they've they've, they've he was at AFC Portchester uh, last season and has made the move across to. To Shaftesbury, so um, I've not actually seen a game down there, so I'm not sure of the, the facilities. But of, that would only come into play with a with a replay. But yeah, they've got they've got a good side. Um, I was surprised it were Wessex League. I thought they were going to be Western League, which is why when I was doing my research yesterday, I couldn't find them.
0: <laughs> Very good indeed. So Ascot have been rewarded with a home tie against Westfield, who are in the same division. Uh, Binfield again playing um, an Ismian South Central side northward. Um, and we are also um, have Bracknell Town and Hungerford Town joining at this stage of the competition. Bracknell Town have been drawn away to Harrowborough, another team in the same division as them. And Hungerford now know their opponents after a re- replay last night. They will be home against Petersfield Town, step five against well, Hungerford, step three, at home to step five there. So that is uh, an interesting draw. Um, per- perhaps all sides in uh, from Berkshire point of view, anyway, looking there, thinking maybe. They've done all right there and uh, have got an opportunity to progress.
1: I think um, I think Bimfield Northwood will be the interesting. I think they play them twice in succession, owing mean, to yeah. league fixtures as well. At that point, um, um, I think North- uh, North- we mentioned that Reading City.
0: Oh, sorry, Tom. Go on.
1: No, I was going to say you're out of sync again. I'm not sure quite what's uh, your your voice. I can hear your voice, and your lips weren't moving. Um, I was just going. All I was going to say was that Northwood were very much a challenger last season for promotion. Um, so that will be that will be an interesting that be an interesting time. But Binford and Ascot both at home a rarity Absolutely. in a Absolutely.
0: And uh, Ascot, if they win that game, will um, will make their best ever run in the competition. We mentioned about Reading City. Same is true for Ascot if they get through the next round. So yeah, good luck to them. Very good indeed. All right. Well, uh, we were about to pivot. Josh Brown has joined us back again. So (laughs) thank you for coming back again, Uh, Josh. We haven't quite uh, finished with you. And just one side we want to talk about who have started the season really well is Maidenhead United. They are two. Well, they played four games, one, two, drawn one. And they see themselves in the heady heights of seventh in the table at the moment. Uh, Early season table, of course. But uh, it's started very well for them. Uh, What can you tell us about Maidenhead this season?
2: Yeah, um, well, firstly, I'm yet to see them this season. It's not my (laughs) first match, but um, but I certainly have been keeping an eye on them, obviously, and um, my colleague Dan as well. And yeah, it it seems to be going pretty well. They're not, um, you know, they're they're not sort of having the initial struggles I thought they would with the likes of all the players they've sort of had to go, you know, the Emil Apquas and the other players. Um, Reece Smith, he deserves a shout out. Of course, he does. I mean, he's, he's, he's. probably their top scorer right now, isn't he? But, um, yeah, really, really not sort of feeling the pressure as much as I thought he would, scoring quite well, scoring good goals as well, which is quite nice for, for the home fans to see. Um, and, yeah, like you, like you said, that it is a good start for them, right? Two wins, a draw and a loss. It's lucky to be sniffed at. It's put them in a good position in the table so far. It's, um, yeah, things are really good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> God, Ian, it's set with technical problems today. That's I'm not all. sure if... Oh, there he is. He's, he's flips back into action. <laughs> yeah. We're so, not winning yeah. any awards for this podcast today, I don't, I don't feel. <laughs> no,
0: I don't think so, no. Uh, sadly not, but uh, we can struggle <laughs> on regardless. Uh, Maidenhead have got a pretty big weekend coming up for them. They're playing two of the promoted sides uh, over the course of the bank holiday weekend. You mentioned going on Saturday, home to Oxford City, and then away at Kidderminster on Monday. Um the fixture list they've had this season has maybe been slightly kind to start with, but it's important to get those points on the board early, early on because they, they perhaps struggled against the sides that they were up, up, up in the same area of the table as them last season. Yeah. The ones they are expected to beat. right. That, that's, mm.
2: that is where they have slipped up. It's, it's, I don't know if that's a, a psychological thing or what, but yeah, certainly when, when I saw a few, uh um, main games last season, I was sort of going there expecting them to, um, you know, to, to, to put a a win in comfortably get themselves away from that sort of whatever spot they were in i think maybe fighting you know just Mm. above the relegation zone before they really got sort of in the mix of it but um yeah like you said hopefully well you know should they uh, you know pick up a loss saturday pick up a loss monday and then draw the other i don't think that'd be awful i think alan Demershire would take you know given the start they've had them to sort of uh you know, it's, it's probably quite a tough ask to sort of go, like you said, to two newly promoted sides or face two new, newly promoted sides. You know, in the space of a couple of days, that's
0: got to be quite tiring, even for the fittest of players to yeah. sort of manage. But um, yeah, yeah, optimistic uh, signs at Maidenhead, and hopefully they can um, continue this strong start to the season at the weekend.
2: Yeah, think okay. think I don't want, I don't want to go there and be the unlucky omen and uh, <laughs> and bar me from all the future games because, like I said, Dan's been to the ones lately and he's he's been seeing some good results. So
0: hopefully, it's... right? Well, I'm I'm going up to the game on at Kidderminster on Monday, so we'll have uh, something to talk about in next week's pod there, uh, hopefully, and hopefully a victory Fantastic. as well. So yeah, very good indeed. All right, so. Um, other than that, I think we're uh, we can push on now to the uh, the upcoming football this weekend. We've already mentioned Maidenhead a couple of times, but uh, the perhaps the premier uh, fixtures this weekend are in the FA Vars. Uh, the the fir- um, first qualifying round is uh, getting underway, and we have a host of Berkshire sides involved. and um, uh, Tom, why don't you pick out one or two of the fixtures here that you like the look of? I mean, there's one in particular that we uh, we're both uh, pretty keen on.
1: Yes. Um, now, I, I think we 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 wrestled with this just before the end of at the end of last season, didn't we? About when, who, where the next sort of Berkshire Vars finest might come from, and um, I think it's probably time for 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 Burnham and Reading City to. Um, to put their money where their mouth is, really, uh, metaphorically speaking. Um, probably two of the stronger combined counties, Division North, Premier Division North sides, I think this season are at least so far. Um, Burnham are away at Daventry and Reading are at home to Clanfield, except they're not at home to Clanfield, are they? They're playing somewhere else because of Reading Festival, and I really should have researched this. Um, where are they playing? They're not playing at home, are they? Reading. Reading, Reading.
0: No, they're playing at Henley.
1: Henley, the tri- that's the Triangle yes. ground,
0: yes. They're playing yes. Clanfield 85 at the triangle ground. Clanfield yes. 85 currently top of the Hellenic uh, Division 1. So step six, but going very well at step six.
1: Um, I will just update that on the fixtures to save the <laughs> so, There we go. Um, I, yes, so I, I think, as I say, I think it's probably time for, for Reading City and Burnham to, to make their mark on the competition and go, go deep in this one. But I think you've also got, you know, Langley. Langley have been, I think Langley have started with three draws. um, So time for that to turn that into into the odd win. Um, And a ground I have been to, Portishead. Uh, Portishead Town down in Bristol, lovely uh, cup of tea in a mug, which I think you you can't you know you can't rival that in terms of uh, service at a non-league football. Um, Bucks County are, are at Portishead Town. Is that the longest journey for one of our sides? I think it. I don't know where Daventry is, so yeah. uh, I'm going to go with I think that you know, the other end of the um, other end of the M4, just before you get to the Seven Bridges, Portishead. So uh, I think that's probably the longest journey, but I'd fancy Bucks County for that one as well. Um, I think they've, they've, they've just signed Joe Gator in defence.
0: Uh, so. They have, from what I've seen. Yeah, Daventry so. is Stratford-upon-Avon, basically. Oh, um, I don't
1: know where Stratford-upon-Avon oh, is. <laughs> near the Avon, clearly. Um, yeah,
0: so I'd imagine we're, yeah. Uh, Porter said it's probably just a bit further, but uh, still a decent trip for them as well. <laughs> Uh, and the other game of note, of course, is Yateley United at home to Shortwood United. And the reason we mention this in particular is it's Yateley's first ever game in the FA Vars. So quite an occasion, Tom.
1: Yes, um, looking forward to this one, aren't we? We're going to have a couple of drinks beforehand, see how mm-hmm. we get on. And um, yeah, uh, just to, just enjoy ourselves, really. Um, We've never I don't think I've ever been to Yateley United. I don't know about you. Um, Josh, no. have you been to Yateley United?
2: No, I mean... I probably can put that on a map myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, no,
1: no. Wrong side of the border, but uh, but still, um, it's one that, that's been on the list for a while. I, well, I say I had never been to Yale United. I did go uh, accidentally once when last season I was trying to go to Eversley, and Google Maps said a road was closed, and you had to go through Yately United. But there was no road at yale United. That road didn't exist. So uh, it was all I got. All a bit flustered, and uh, it did, where there was a podcast about probably. Eight months ago, where, where we went through this story um, nice. of, of how I, why I was late to Eversley, but um, yeah, that'll be a that'll be a good. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. One. Shortwood United. I remember Shortwood United just being a really massive physical team. It's probably been about ten years, so um, may, maybe they won't be. But Yeovil United are a, are a good side as well. Um, however, they have got to recover from losing their unbeaten run of 400 or their, their winning run of not losing a game in something, something like 460 days so oh. um because they did get recently get beaten in the uh, in combined counties league division mm-hmm. one um so yeah but that'll be that'll be a good fun day i think
0: absolutely yeah and uh, one other game to look forward to um josh i hope you're going to be able to help me out with this one is uh, slough town at home to torquay united quite a um a premier fixture there for uh, the Rebels, um, who had a tough task to start to the season, but turned it around a little bit last weekend.
2: Yeah, I, I perhaps hyped them up a bit too much in pre season because they're being sort of dispatched teams, really sort of putting on some good performances. And then, like, you know, like you've know, just said, when it's mattered the most, you know, that the, the league's up and running, they've really sort of <clears throat> struggled a little bit. But yeah, they've put it right recently. Good win. And, um, yeah, a few players have come through the door that are, are fan favourites, like George Alexander and mm. Temi Awaker, if I'm pronouncing his surname right. And, um, yeah, that's really lifted them. And I think um, Scott Davis can perhaps be breathing in a bit easier now, knowing he's got a bit of a sort of Hitman up front and a bit more for a sort of sturdy player at the back to sort of keep the goals out. So yeah, and and you know Scott Davis is well impressed at the weekend, right? Got a manager of the week with two assists, and it's mm-hmm. to see something like that, isn't it? So
0: absolutely, yeah. Player manager uh, assisting, <laughs> you know, you've got to put those away if your manager's putting you through all the yeah. goals. You won't <laughs> hear the end of it, will you? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Yes. And uh, we mentioned this a lot, but uh, uh, they. Slough Town have reformed the uh, Bracknell promotion uh, centre-back pairing uh, Bracknell obviously getting promoted uh, season before last from the Isthmian South Central Division and during that season this uh, that Bracknell Town centre-back partnership scored more goals than it conceded yes so, uh, yes very uh, a niche stat there for the yes. uh, Berkshire football lovers that
1: we often roll out on this pod that this is pod. one of my all-time favourite stats yeah, yeah.
2: That that is that. When I was sort of um, made aware of that, I thought, "Well, wow, that can't be real." I had <laughs> to. <that's laughs> oh, believe
1: that. me, I even when I wrote it on Monday again, I did go back and count. Yeah, <laughs> insane, brilliant. As long as, well, as long as Dan Bayless
2: keeps himself out of the referees book, I think he can probably try and emulate that again this season. So yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Starting now from when the two of them together, obviously. Yes, of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good stuff. Well, for all the fixtures um, uh, coming up this weekend and beyond, please visit the footballinberkshire.co.uk the fixture results uh, uh, section of the website, and you can see uh, all the upcoming games uh, in Berkshire or involving Berkshire sides, and you can get yourself down to uh, games this weekend, as we have games on Friday night, uh, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So plenty of football to take in over the course of the bank holiday weekend and beyond. Uh, Right. I think uh, we could probably wrap it up there considering we've got had the big interview in the middle and the technical issues we've been enduring as well. So yeah, apologies for any sound delays or uh, technical hitches that may have happened, but uh, hopefully that didn't affect your uh, enjoyment of uh, listening to the pod and catch it up with all the news in for the football scene across Berkshire, um all that's left to say is uh thank you very much to josh brown from the magnet advertiser for joining us thank you josh thank you very much for having me again guys uh thanks for tom canning for uh, joining me as ever no problem <laughs> and uh goodbye and uh, speak to you again next week thank you very much
1: This episode of Berkshire Football Stories was hosted by Rob Davies and featured guests Tom Canning and Josh Brown. The podcast is produced by Tom Canning. The theme music is called Space Camp by Reading-based ukulele band Rocket Kings from the album Everyday Adventures and is available on Spotify. You can find Football in Berkshire on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, threads and of course at footballinberkshire.co.uk.